This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Sarah Ray Lancaster, arts and entertainment editor for The Pulse. How's it going, Sarah? It's going well. How are you? I'm doing well. Since you're on the podcast, then people should know that there's a lot of stuff to do. That's kind of uh, that's kind of your thing. You come on when there's way too much to do, and we need to break it down for people so that they can consume as much entertainment as possible over their weekend. That's right. Come up with the best laid plan to see it all, do it all take it all in because it's July and there is so much going on and it's a ton of fun. Right. So we're going to talk about everybody's favorite summer stuff. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about art. We're going to talk about new restaurants. We're going to talk about beer. Should be a fun one. It's going to be a good one. Why don't we start with some stuff that's coming up this weekend? So this is the kickoff of the Death Door Dance Festival, Mm -hmm. which we wrote about in this week's Pulse. Tell me a little bit about uh, about this dance festival. Sure. So this is the first year for the event. It was the brainchild of Kelly Anderson, who is a professional dancer. She's danced and choreographed professionally all over the country, uh, Milwaukee, Chicago, I think out west as well. And she wanted to create a dance festival here in the Midwest and saw it as being an opportunity to not only bring together other dancers and creatives, but also share it with the community and and bring that community into the process and, and just showcase why dance is an important part of the art scene. Here in Door County, the arts are a big thing, but she felt that maybe dance fell to the wayside a little bit in comparison to maybe some of the performing arts and some of the visual arts. So Death Store Dance Festival was born. It's taking place this weekend, the 22nd through the 24th, and it's going to include a variety of things all over the county. It's going to include some pop-up performances. It's going to include some impromptu dance jam sessions. It's going to include some coffee conversations where people in the industry will be talking um, predominantly geared toward other dancers, but the conversations are, are larger, larger dialogues to have with the community. Got it. So is this a like a ticketed event or is this there's multiple things going on and you can just kind of find yourself going to something? It's free. Perfect. Yeah. So there are both performance and kind of educational components to this. Absolutely. Are there are there classes or anything that are happening? There are some classes as well that people can partake in. And again, those are free. So really it's an opportunity for people to either, you know, get their fill of dance if they're already a dance enthusiast or maybe try out something new. Now, you mentioned impromptu dance jam sessions. Please tell me what that is. I'm going to need to go and find out. But as I understand it, it's basically just like when you get together with your instruments and you just start playing music, I think it's going to take kind of the same form, but just movement and dance. So that's going to be taking place up at the Wildwood Market. And yeah, people can join in, try a new dance, just feel the music, have a good time. Right. Bring your body and dance with some strangers. That's right. <laughs> um, in in my theater training, we would do a lot of like dance adjacent movement stuff for warmups. And one of my favorite things that we would do as kind of like a, just a way to understand each other. It was, it was ensemble work that we would do. And 
this was an exercise that we would do that would be called, it was called like follicle skeletal touch. So you would interact with another person and you would touch their body in varying degrees of intensity. So if it was like no contact touching, you would just kind of like move your body around their body. Okay. Without actually touching them. Okay. But you try to like get as close as you possibly could. And then you do follicle touch, which is the lightest form of touch possible. So you're just barely grazing the skin. Okay. Um, and we would start by doing this like to each other and the other person would stand still. And then we would move into like muscular touch, which is now you can start to move their body, right? And then skeletal touch was like really pushing into as deep into their bodies as you could as you move them around. And then the cool thing was after we would take turns, we would then do it to each other at the same time. So if we were in follicle touch, it would be like us moving our bodies together and trying to maintain contact, but not uh, harsh contact. So okay. just the lightest form of contact possible at some point of our body, whether that's our hands touching or our legs touching or something. And then we'd push into like further and further intensity. So when we would get to skeletal touch, it would be like leaning on each other and putting our full weight on each other and like just seeing how that would happen, like pushing against each other. It was really cool. And it's a, it's a dance exercise as well because you're when you're dancing with somebody you are engaging in various levels of intensity with touch and that's that's kind of my theater sidebar for this episode um (laughs) just talking about like dance as a as an art form but also as like a way to engage with other people and like educational things around it because like dance is something that people can do casually, mm-hmm. recreationally, professionally. There's a whole spectrum of it. There's yeah, there's it runs the gamut and and I think it's also one of those things that we just for whatever reason, even though we all walk, run, move our you know, we all move our bodies. That's a an everyday occurrence. I think with dance, we don't think about it in the same way as maybe singing in the car when our favorite song comes on or maybe just picking up an instrument and playing it, especially if you're in a situation like around a campfire or with other musicians. For some reason, I think you see little kids dance all the time. I mean, we'll play a song and, and Jack will just start moving and it's it's awesome to watch. I mean, it's it's partially hilarious, but it's also a lot of fun to see him just completely uninhibited, just feeling the music and doing his thing we lose that somewhere along the lines. And it's just fun to think of people coming together and, and exploring that. Right. And also like dance as a, uh, a physical exercise or a lifetime activity. When you're, when you're working out, you are generally targeting different body parts. There's very few like holistic exercises, but dance is a holistic exercise. You are moving every part of your body in different ways. Another theater warm up is called Gaga, and you basically just listen to music with your eyes closed and try to move your body just however your body wants to move. It's not dancing, it's not jumping jacks, but it's just this like, what part of my body haven't I engaged in a while? Like, have I not moved my ankles? Okay, so let's move our ankles <laughs> right. and see like, what's the ball of my foot doing? Those types of things, and just trying to engage that. And it, it comes out as a form of dance, mm-hmm. but it, it's about full body activation. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, something that is really helpful because if you're not like engaging every part of your body every once in a while, sometimes you're like, oh crap. This hurts really bad. Right, right. Like, why haven't I noticed that like my I can't move that part of my body in the same way that I used to be able to? So. Right, like me complaining about my foot all morning. So right. <laughs> well, and and the other thing I think this 
festival is bringing to light is the fact that dance can happen anywhere. And it's it's bringing to light that people can have dance in their communities. You don't necessarily need the big concert hall or large infrastructure. You just need space. And that space may be in the yard next to a restaurant, or it may be in a park, or it may be using, you know, the the school auditorium. And just kind of connecting that idea with communities of dance can happen anywhere. And how do we how do we start forming those partnerships so that it's more mainstream in in the art and cultural part of the community? Right. So that's the Death Door Dance Festival happening this weekend. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about music and where people can see music through the month of August. But then we've also got a couple stories on some new restaurants and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. What's better than a Sunday morning jazzy brunch on the water? Join Destination Sturgeon Bay at Sunny's Pizzeria on August 7th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. for the second annual Bloody Mary Social. This small-scale festival features local Door County restaurants and their unique Bloody Marys. Each restaurant vendor will compete for the title of Best Bloody Mary and Best Bloody Mary Garnish. Who will win? Come and vote for your favorites to find out. Tickets are on sale now at DoorCountyTickets.com. Some of Door County's best stargazing happens indoors. Every year at Door Community Auditorium, we present a star-studded lineup of concerts featuring artists like Brandi Carlisle, The Lumineers, Jason Isbell, Mavis Staples, Billy Strings, Beach Boys, and Buddy Guy. You're now listening to Marty Stewart and his fabulous superlatives returning to our stage in Fish Creek, October 22nd. Visit dcauditorium.org for a full calendar of upcoming events and to get your tickets today. Okay, we are back. So last month, I believe, or a couple weeks ago at this point, we published the summer music preview for 2022, which is our kind of comprehensive or as comprehensive as we can get music calendar, venue listing, we got featured band profiles. It's kind of your guide to live music in the summer in Door County. And this year we had so many entries. We had so many different featured bands, different um, additional writings on it. Our calendar was so big that we had to split it in half. So June and July were featured in the first half of the summer music preview. And next week, when you pick up the pulse, you will find Volume 2. Volume 2, or the Summer Music Preview 2.0, um, featuring all of August's lineup. Right. And so, yeah, we we pull out those featured artists, highlight who they are, what their sound is, where you can see them play. And within there, we've also got a little column we've started called Up Next, where we're just featuring maybe a new 
not necessarily a new, but a featured artist and then the venue that they're playing at. And a lot of these venues are maybe places you don't normally think to go for live music. The one we have coming up next is Gin Mill Hollow. They're kind of a bluesy, acoustic, alt-rock, really just kind of a cool sound. They're going to be playing at One Barrel Brewing in Egg Harbor, and they're kind of a perennial favorite there. So they're going to be coming back, playing there. That's coming up actually at the end of July, so maybe leading into the month of August and all the music features that we have then. Right. Uh, A couple of the featured bands that we are highlighting for August as well, Door County favorite Frank Maloney and his big country unit, uh, and I believe a couple others, correct? So coming up in August, we also have the sibling trio, Girl Named Tom. It's acoustic pop. They were actually the first group to ever win The Voice. And so they're coming here to Door County. They're going to be playing at the Peg Egan Performing Arts Center. We also have Johnny T-Bird and the MPs. They're going to be playing at Waterfront Mary's. Great. So you can read more about them. You'll get the entire August live music schedule. Uh, There is a lot. I I would guess well over 100 different opportunities to take in live music throughout just August alone with, I would guess, music every night. Pretty much. I mean, and and the great thing, too, with the way the Door County music scene is, there's something for every taste in music, I would say. And there's something for every vibe or, you know, I don't want to say dress code, but just, you know, if you're camping and you just want to catch some live music, it's cool. You don't have to dress up or anything. There's plenty of opportunities just to go catch music, very casual, laid back, come as you are. Right. But then there's also the opportunities for maybe, um, you know, more of that ensemble or more of a, a nice night out type thing. Right. There's classical music in an auditorium. There's a guitarist in a bar, like in the whole spectrum in the between. The whole spectrum in between. Yeah. So definitely check that out next week in The Pulse. One other art theme thing I wanted to talk about this weekend is plein air as well, right? Plein air kicks off on the 24th and runs through July 30th. All right. So not this weekend, but just after this weekend. Starting on Sunday. Got it. And plein air is a pretty big thing up here. Uh, People love to come up and paint Door County's iconic landscapes, and the best way to do that is to go out to them and paint them outside. And so Peninsula School of Art does their plein air. There's a bunch of different opportunities, both to to take in different events throughout the festival, but you'll just see people on the side of the road painting uh, an old barn or a waterscape or something like that. And you're encouraged to approach artists and talk to them about their crafts and, and see what they're painting. And at the end of everything, that cool artist that you saw painting a cool waterscape is going to be putting that art up for auction. Exactly. And you can go buy some cool art at the end of it as well. So tell me a little bit more about Plain Air this year. Yeah. So it features 22 invited artists. They come from all over the country. And and like you said, Door County, it's, it just naturally attracts artists and painters. And, and who can blame them with the landscape that we have here? And what's fun with this is you'll see them all about the county. There are some scheduled Paint Door County where they are going to certain locations and the artists will be painting there. But I think there are other artists that just kind of find something that inspires them and they set up their easel and their canvas and get their palette of paints out and they and they go to work. And then there's also some events within plein air that are more scheduled painting activities or painting events. And one of them is the Sip and Stroll in Sister Bay. And that's where the artists will be there along the marina painting the sunset. And then people in the community are welcome to stroll around, watch the artists at work. And then the one that I think is pretty fun is the quick paint that's going to be happening in Fish Creek. And the quick paint takes plein air painting to a whole other level. 
This is where the artists have exactly two hours to complete a painting start to finish. And plein air in general is, is a bit of a challenge in itself because artists, they see something they want to paint and there is a time constraint around it because as the day goes on, the light changes and, and they're trying to capture a scene or an image as it is. So they've already got time working against them, but here in the quick paint, that's, that's kind of dialed down a little bit more. Right. So it's a it's a personal challenge to see how much of a painting you can complete in two hours. I would like to suggest for next year, this becomes a competitive event where it's the first person to finish their painting gets more points. And then all <laughs> of the paintings are judged on quality afterwards. So you have to decide, like, do I put in an extra 10 minutes to really add some more detail here? Or do I bank on the extra points I'm going to get for finishing for first, finishing first. And, and just hope that you know, this is more of an abstract piece. It's an interesting pitch. You should pitch it to the art school. Yeah, you might be onto something. Competitive art. Or at the very least, maybe here at the Pulse, we could do our own plein air quick paint. Right. You know, the, <laughs> I think the thing that I love about seeing different artists out and about is that when you're doing plein air, you, you're painting what you're looking at, but you kind of have a spectrum of what people will capture. So you'll get people doing very macro scale things of an entire landscape or a sunset or, or a large subject. But then you'll also find people focusing in on micro theme stuff. So I saw two painters at the ridges several years ago, and one of them was just painting a small little flower field where the flowers were the subject. And then I think my favorite plein air piece I've ever seen was somebody was on the boardwalk looking over the water and just painting like the, just the water oh, in there. Neat. So like the, the rocks and yeah. some of the stuff that was just under the water. Cause it's a very shallow Creek that runs through there. And so just kind of painting that kind of Brown, very small right. ecosystem that was there. Down. Yeah. I think that that was my favorite piece just because it was, you had to be there to paint it, but it was such, it was such a different thing than you would expect. You're mm -hmm. looking down and capturing rather than looking out and creating this bigger thing. Well, and that, that is the fun thing about plein air is that if you're walking past the artist, especially when they're all grouped in one location, like the, the sip and stroll or like the, the quick paint to just see what different artists key in on. And with the quick paint, it's a little bit different. And speaking with the artists, you know, a lot of them said it's about finding maybe the more simplified version of the overall landscape. So that may be, you know, honing in on, on just one aspect of it. You know, maybe it's just a window of a building as opposed to the entire building, or it's, you know, a section of a boat as opposed to multiple boats out on the water. And that was interesting to hear how it really becomes almost like a sporting event. It's kind of, there's a strategy behind how they approach their paintings during the quick paint. But then also being able to, like you mentioned, engage with the artists and then if you decide to participate in any of the live auctions for the pieces, feeling like there's that connection between you and the artist and the art that you saw being made. Right, because how often do you get to see a piece of art that you're going to own like in the middle of the process? Right. You never get to see the work in process as it's happening. So to go strike up a conversation with an artist, learn about them, learn about what they're doing, and then take that work home at the end of the day, I think is something that plein air offers that's very special. And the artists are wonderful. They're lovely people. We've, um, I've had a chance to meet a couple of them and get to know some of them that, you know, a few years back and over the years, when they come back, they've they've passed the flower farm and, and have asked to, you know, paint something on the property or, or paint that in between all the other events that are going on with plein air. 
And it's just fun to learn the background of the artist too. I mean, they're coming from all over and have just a wide breadth and depth of experience too with their artwork. Right. I want to wrap up with food and beer, which is a lot of people's favorite things. But before we do, since everything that we talked about so far is kind of passive engagement, there's one active engagement thing that you can keep track of. We've been talking about Erica, our intern's journey through Newport State Park's yes. Hike Challenge. She has her third installment coming up. It's in next week's paper, correct? Yes. Okay, so next week you can check out the, the trails that she's going on. They're getting increasingly more intense and longer as she goes through them, but she is still on track to complete all of the trails in Newport, correct? Yes, she is. She is going to complete all of them. She's actually going to work a little bit ahead of the hike schedule so that she can take them all in um, because unfortunately we we can't keep her year round. She does have to head back to school to finish out that senior year. The tragedy of the intern. The is tragedy that they are of the intern, exactly. But she is going to go out and complete all the trails so that she can write about them and share them with readers and then they can go ahead and hike those as well. Right. So you can find the first two installments of the challenge on DoorCountyPulse.com. If you want to jump in and follow along with her, even just reading along with her, or you can get out into the park and do the trails yourself. You can jump in at any time. You can do it in the order that she's doing it in, or you can follow along with whatever the featured trail is that week. But it's a cool challenge. If you want to take in all of the trails in a state park, you can say, hey, I've hiked every trail in Newport. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I did it with my best friend, Erica. So <laughs> Exactly. She's pretty cool. All right. Let's talk food. You've been featuring a couple new places that have come up. I think we have time to talk briefly about both of them. Okay. So just kind of a, a quick primer. So first one, Sway. It's, yes. It has an extended title. It's Sway Brewing Plus Blending. Correct. correct? And they are Bailey's Harbor's newest beer experience. Yes, it's the newest beer project in Bailey's Harbor. Matt Sampson of Hacienda Beer is behind it. And this is really just stemming from him going back to his love of just easy drinking, very approachable beers. He wanted to create that experience for people who are up here and just looking for maybe what I would call like the ultimate vacation beer where it's easy drinking, you know, it's it's not going to hit you over the head. You can enjoy a few of them over the course of the day. And he's also taking it one step further by making that local connection and reaching out to local farms so that he can incorporate local ingredients, but even more so than that, ingredients that have a story behind them and a story behind the farms and the other businesses that he's partnering with. Right. Where is it located? It is located in the cellar of Heirloom Cafe. That's so what right I below. thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool full circle thing, it right? It is, yes. So Door County Brewing Company started, started there. Started there. Then they moved to their new location where mm -hmm. Hacienda was born. And now from Hacienda, we return to the location to of To where it started. Uh, right, the original Door County Brewing, which is now Heirloom. Uh, and he's hanging out. I saw the photos of him kind of in that, like, garage area. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this it's is... pretty cool. Yeah, this is... It, they're back to do... Because I'm pretty sure that's where they did their brewing before, right? Initially, yes. And so now he has just a, a counter service there. So it opened last weekend, and people can just step up to the counter, enjoy a beer. He's got a patio set up there. It's just, you know open, casual, um, and then be on their way to take in everything else in Bailey's Harbor. So Right, and a cool kind of partnership with Heirloom there because Heirloom, not only do they have great like counter service food, but they've got grab-and-go stuff too. Right. So if you've got 15 minutes, beer. yep, you can go grab yourself something from there, cool salad or something, grab a beer, have a nice 15 minutes sitting out there in their kind of seating area, and then boom, you're off to whatever else you were going to do. Yeah. 
So that is featured in this week's paper. And then we also have, you took a look at mezzanine. So this is the next in kind of like a, a an evolution of the restaurant where it was something and then new owners come in and they change it to something new, but they keep some aspect of what made it special. And I think the thing that made this location as cool as it was, was the rooftop dining outdoor experience. And the new owners have created mezzanine in mm-hmm. this space. Have they kept that feel? Absolutely. So our writer, Sam Watson, checked this one out for us. So mezzanine is located where Harborview was in Egg Harbor. So above the chocolate chicken on that second level. Yep. If you're looking out at the marina, it's like right on your left. Correct. Just look, look to the left and look, look up. Yep. Look to the left and look up. You can't miss it. And what's fun about this place, what I appreciate about it and what I'm looking forward to is the fact that it has kind of this urban vibe as far as the rooftop dining experience. It reminds me of something I might take in if I'm in, you know, maybe the third ward of Milwaukee. But once you get up there, you have this spectacular view of Egg Harbor. What's interesting about the dishes there is they all have a little bit of a local flavor to them, whether they're incorporating whitefish or cherries. And so it's really delicious food with maybe kind of an elevated take on it, but without being fussy. Right, which is is kind of what you want because like I love rooftop dining. I think it's super cool. It's a staple in more urban environments like you had mentioned, but it's something that I feel like you could do in Door County more and there just isn't a lot of, maybe there's not a lot of opportunity with it with zoning or, or, because I think like Third Avenue would be cool to have a bunch of rooftop dining there. I would think so too. I don't know why, like what the obstacle is there, but I think it would be cool. Yeah. Uh, Well, and that's part of what Sam checked out when she was doing this. So she went to Mezzanine, but then she also, you know, Chop in Sister Bay offers you kind of that elevated vantage point during your dining experience. And then though not true rooftop dining, the, the boathouse in Sister Bay also offers a very similar feel. Right. So, and I think in the city, rooftop dining kind of lends itself, especially like evening rooftop dining, lends itself to that more elevated fare, that like wine and maybe more of a date night kind of thing. But in Door County, it's all about the sunset, the water, those views become your thing rather than just like the experience. Because you don't really have a view when you're rooftop dining in the cities. You just have, you see more rooftops. Right. So that kind of like not casual, but not fussy. It's like that nice in between. It's like the nice in between the two. It's the type of thing that you want to be able to look out at the water, but it's not necessarily a beach fair, right? It's not pineapple and those kind of things. And then Sam did call out. They they have a a pretty extensive um, beverage menu bar. They serve breakfast cocktails. So like your mimosas and your bloodies because they do serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then come evening time, they've got a fairly extensive cocktail list. And so you can just take in the views. And they're actually open pretty late. They're open till 1 a.m. Whoa. Yeah. And you can like get food and sit up on the rooftop at 1? I'd have to check. I'm not positive when the kitchen actually closes, but the hours say till 1 a.m. That That is interesting because that's like that's almost bar close. Almost. But not quite. So it's not a bar. Right. But you could still, you know, have your dinner and then have a nightcap and just enjoy a, a drink up on the rooftop. Yeah, that's cool. I I remember when Egg Harbor was kind of transforming a couple of years ago, like this, this more downtown area was popping up with Hatch Distillery, One Barrel, the pub, which was connected to Bagels and Beignets and the Fireside. So all of these things were kind of popping up right at once. And it created sort of a pub crawl because you could go and 
get some beer at one barrel, hop over to Hatch and have a cocktail, go to the pub and have some chicken wings. Now you have the mezzanine up there and you can go and they're open later. So it kind of completes this feel mm-hmm. of this very tight little walkable circle that you can do and, and get a bunch of cool drinking experiences that also offer food from from varying levels of complexity, right? right? You've got mezzanine, which has more of like a dinner type thing. And then over at One Barrel, you've got Pizza Bros. So you have a lot of options kind of in, in that little area to both walk around, eat, drink, have a good time. Right. Well, and, and what I like too is the fact that, you know, mezzanine isn't just dinner. I'm a big go out for breakfast type person. And, and so even though, you know, maybe you're not going to be seeing a sunrise from that vantage point, but you'll still have, you know, a chance just to be out in the open air and have that rooftop dining experience at a different time of the day. Right. I don't eat breakfast or lunch anymore because my son Oliver calls all food dinner. So it doesn't matter what time of day <laughs> it is. Everything is dinner. Yes, he'll wake up. <laughs> Today he learned, I love, like, he'll use substitution words for things that he's feeling and we have to kind of suss out what it is. So gotcha. he'll say, like, want dinner when he's hungry, no matter what time of day it is. So okay. he won't say breakfast, he'll say get dinner. But today, for the first time ever, he said hungry because, like, he, he was saying tummy hurt. And I was like, "Is your, are you hungry? And he went, oh, hungry. <laughs> that realization. Right. So now he knows what that is. So maybe we'll have breakfast and lunch again soon. Soon. Because now he knows that he's hungry, but it's probably just hungry for dinner. There you go. Nothing wrong with breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast. I mean... Cold pizza for breakfast is kind of good sometimes, too. I agree. In fact, like half of the enjoyment of pizza is cold pizza afterwards. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, I think we gave people enough to do. They've got plenty to do this weekend. They've got things to look forward to all August long. I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, and if you're looking for more, head over to the website and the events page. We've we've got it all right there for you. Right. Our events calendar has been pretty massive the last couple of weeks. So if you're looking for more to do outside of these things, pick up the Pulse every Friday, flip to the back section and check out the events calendar because pretty much everything going on is within those pages. All right, Sarah, I will let you get back to it. Thanks for chatting with me and I'll chat with you again soon. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.